This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, the sellout streak is alive and well. If we are told, for example, we can only have 30,000 in Memorial Stadium and we get 30,000, that, that's a sellout. If, we're, if there are no limits uh, and we can, can fill it, I've said this publicly this past week, there is no place like Nebraska and there are no fans like Nebraska fans. And I would, I would guess that uh, uh, the sellout streak would continue. And remember, we have had games where we've been uh, 10 or 20,000 uh, less in attendance, but the seats have been sold. And it's my feeling that the pride that our Nebraska fans have in that sellout streak that, as you know, dates back to 1962 and Bob Devaney's first year will be preserved, I have no doubts in my mind, just having gotten to know and appreciate our fans. And welcome back here to the Husker Alliance Show. Sean Callahan, Robert Washington, Nate Klaus, uh, bringing Allie Snow in, as you heard Bill Moose and I do truly believe him, guys, that if for some reason they just lifted the lid off and said, we can have full capacity, I mean, it would almost be like a pride factor for Nebraska fans to show the country that, you know, they would want to fill that stadium. I mean, I have no doubt something like that would happen. And, um, any thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I mean, I think it, uh, as many people as they allow in that stadium, they'll probably get it. And so, you know, a lot of people are making big deal about the sellout streak if they sell. They are they're given thirty thousand tickets, and they sell thirty thousand no, no, tickets. No. That's a sellout. It's the same way that the last ten years have been sellouts, where not every seat has a button it, but it's still a sellout. The it, tickets are sold. It's still it's pretty straightforward. I don't know why everyone's like trying to. F- it's not an attendance record. It's yeah. a it's tickets sold tickets record. Sold, yeah, and the tickets have always the been sold. Sell out. Deal with it. Yeah, I, I do think Nebraska fans would tep- would would absolutely fill it up, especially since there hasn't been any type of sporting events. I mean, everyone's starving for something to do. Five point eight million people watched a foursome of two NFL quarterbacks <laughs> or former quarterbacks playing playing golf. Nate's got yeah. into Korean baseball. Yeah. I'm what? Yeah, I've watched <laughs> Korean. If baseball. anybody wants Korean baseball takes, hit Nate up on Twitter yeah. or on the scrolls, yeah. and he'll give you all the details. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, everyone's starving for for any type of competition, sport sporting wise, and and uh, especially in Nebraska, if if they said everyone, you know, that Memorial Stadium could be full capacity, I think they would be sold out in an instant. All right, Allie, let's get to you now, the mailbag. As we took away a lot of your valuable time, but um, what do you have to lead us off with? All right, this person wants to know, should the NCAA have a uniform declaration date for schools who want to play football this fall, meaning across the board start activities at a certain time? I don't know if that's possible, yeah. and – the NCAA is the governing body. They put the rule books in, the oversight in, but they don't. The, the Power Five leagues really control everything as far as their tournaments and their schedules and their TV deals. So I just don't know if the NCAA would be able to do that within the bounds of you know what they're able to do. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just asking too much. I mean, what Nebraska? As we talked about earlier, what Nebraska can do doesn't mean that what Rutgers can do it or Maryland can do it. I mean, there's just so many variables uh, in every specific situation that to put a uniform date down as a deadline for when you think you can play football right now, I mean, I think that's uh, irresponsible. Yeah, that's the thing about it is it's not the same everywhere. You know, what what Nebraska's dealing with is totally different than what Rutgers is dealing with. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It can't be uh, completely uniform across the country. How will your job potentially change, assuming we have football this fall? Well, we've talked about this a little bit off air, um, and you know, one of the things 
we have interview access on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And the big thing that you have to envision is, you know, the, the days of just getting up to coaches with cameras and tape recorders a couple inches away, that's probably not going to be a reality. So uh, probably more controlled interview settings with podiums and distance um, at press conferences. There won't probably be things going on in hallways um, as far as just going up to guys and grabbing them and maybe capacity at press conferences then would be limited if everything's going to be viewed on television or stream and there's only one coach and five players talking and everybody can watch that. Uh, maybe a news organization will be limited bodies at a press conference, maybe limited bodies and press boxes after practice. Will players be spaced out and put on maybe smaller podiums? I mean, I think there's a lot of that, Robin. Well, I think this is stuff that a lot of programs already wanted to do, and some do. I mean, Iowa probably won't be affected much at all because their media doesn't get anything. Business as usual. Yeah, but <laughs> where Nebraska, where, I mean, there is about as much access as you're going to find for a program of its stature there's going to be cuts in, in some form. And I do think that it will be a more controlled setting where, uh, you know, they will handpick maybe two to five players uh, on a Monday and that's your press conference. And it'd be maybe one or two people from each outlet. What about assistant coaches? That's the key question yeah, no. I have. Coordinators are one thing we get. How do you manage the flow of assistant coaches mm-hmm. at say these, pre- these podium, if they had to do a little podium system, and maybe that's your, your, during the week stuff where a Tuesday you have Eric Chenander at a podium and you know, a handful of people around him at a distance and that's, that's his availability. But what about Tony Tuioti? Yeah, what about, I mean, I don't, maybe they don't do him. like that would be because Nebraska is one market, Nate, where assistant coach, like there's like a weird fascination with fan base and like hearing from the assistants. And it's not like that everywhere, but Nebraska might be as big of a place as there is as far as hearing from the assistants. Yeah, they, they do. Uh, people care. And, and so I don't know if, if there's, you know, maybe you put together a rolling schedule where, you know, on, on Mondays you've got, um, you know, one week you've got Greg Austin and then the next Monday you've got Ryan Held and it kind of, you know, rolls through and then on Wednesdays you have so-and-so or whatever. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know what that looks like, but uh, I definitely do think that you're going to see, you know, designated areas where the, whether it's a student athlete or the coach is going to go and, you know, that's where they're going to stand. And then the, the media will have to either tripods, yeah, tripods or, or whatever. It's going to be kind of a podium setup. It's going to look a lot different. You're not going to have the side interviews where you've got, you know, <laughs> five to 10 media members all squeezed together and with recorders and in, into uh, a coach's face or in, in, into a player's face. And I mean, that is going to look different to me. Well, and here's one thought, thing I just thought of, guys. Why would they need, if it's all podium, why would you need 20? 20 cameras up there. Yep. So maybe they, they take the maybe they require them. everybody to take the feed that huskers.com gives and then then you eliminate all the cameras. I mean, yep. I I'm not saying I'm a fan of that, but that would really clear out a lot of the space there by not having 20 cameras there every every week when you know it's going to be one universal feed. Well, we know that, you know, especially people at Nebraska, you know, they're not the biggest fans of uh, the amount of media that show up to every single practice. I mean, when you have 40 people on a Wednesday practice there to talk to five or six guys, I mean, that's a bit saturated. So, I mean, there are measures I'm sure they've already (laughs) wanted to take, uh, and now they have a reason to do it. And so I do think things are going to be far more controlled. Access will be dialed back significantly and, Hopefully, uh, you know, we are still able to provide 
quality content. I'm sure we will be, but the idea of getting these, you know, one-on-one interviews with assistants and, you know, the backup punter or whatever it may be, I think those days are done. All right, Allie, what's next? All right. Did you guys ever hear why the area codes on the front of the helmets went away all of a sudden during the season? I think there was something about individualism there that uh, it was going the wrong direction. Um, and, yeah, they, they just kind of went away. And I believe that was a head coach's decision. And they didn't really want to get into it. But I believe there there was something about individualism that they didn't like about that. Yeah, I thought that was the whole point of it, where guys could have some individuality by repping their, their hometown or area code. But apparently uh, it was not handled the way that the staff wanted to. Yeah, I always, I always got the impression that there was definitely, you know, they hadn't earned it. Maybe they, they gave it to them too early or, or they gave them something like that and, and they didn't handle it the right way. And so they, they took it away. And, and I don't know if, if it will be coming back or what. But, um, yeah, I hadn't even really thought about it for, for <laughs> almost a year now. But Yeah, it's, you know, it's funny. Like for Omaha, you know, or most of Nebraska, you grew up as the 402. Did you guys know that there's another Omaha area code yes. now? The five, like, so do you say the 531? Or, I mean, <laughs> who's in the 531? Well, like my seventh grade niece called me um, because they were coming to Lincoln on Sunday, and her area code is a 531. And I'm like, wow. So, like, newer, younger people probably getting cell phones, there aren't any 402 numbers left. So, they're getting these 531 area codes. I rep the 531. <laughs> 531. Since day one. <laughs> Young Allie Snow, do you know any 531s? No. no. I don't. I might be a little too old for that. <laughs> <laughs> First time you've ever said that. <laughs> I know, right? No, I feel like I'm getting too old for TikTok. Like, I don't think I should be on that app. I'm too old. I think most I people s- should not be on that app. Nate, were you a 308, though? Like, most- Hell yeah, I was 308. <laughs> In Western Nebraska. But you switched over to the 402. Well, I had to eventually. Okay. All right, the 531. What do you got to end us on here, Allie? Um, How do in-conference transfers work with non-grad transfers, meaning can coaches block where kids go or stipulate that even if they get a waiver? No, um, you can go anywhere you want. Um, The days of blocking conference transfers are done. The days of Bo Ryan, you know, dictating. He's the face of that movement. Um, But, yeah, you you can go anywhere. Um, As far as a waiver – you know, that has to be signed off by the school you're leaving and everybody has to agree upon the waiver reasoning, which that's not easy to do, uh, but you can go anywhere. Yeah. And you've seen plenty of examples of it, both football and basketball where, uh, I mean, after a, a brief period there where the, the Bo Ryans of the world were able to dictate where a kid went now, I mean, basically you can go anywhere you want, especially, uh, going forward, you know, once that one-time transfer rule, I mean, all bets are off. Yeah, it's happened quite a bit, and, and not just with grad transfers, but uh, with with players that have multiple years of eligibility that have yet to uh, to graduate. Allie, got anything lighter to end us on? Um, favorite drink of choice in quarantine? Mm. Oh, man. Well, quarantine has been – got to watch your calories a little bit too I mean, because you don't get probably as much activity as you normally would get. So I've been just sticking with Coors Light. I do like the low the – low, the, it's called local zip line, but it's low-cal. Mm-hmm. That's been a good one. And then, you know, I can't go wrong with Crown and – Crown and Coke, Crown and Diet. Yeah, so I at first was, you know, way into the the IPAs, double IPAs, and then, you know, they were starting to take a toll on me. So had to scale it back. And, you know, I uh, have been introduced to the world of seltzers. Yes. I'm a seltzer bro. Yes. Which really? seltzer? You know, I've tried them all. Uh, I like different <laughs> flavors from different brands. The Corona one's really good. Uh, the Bud Light one, I had a lot of that early. You know, I, I even tried some White Claw, see what, <laughs> see what the kids, you know, what, what the hype was all about. And, 
you know, when you can just have a couple of those and there's still 5% and only a hundred calories, that's how you do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I have heard the Corona seltzers are, are actually pretty good. good. I've not, I've not tried those. Um, what I have tried that is the, the lighter, the locale is good. And then, uh, I tried the, the blue moon light sky. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, that's pretty good. I now I can't drink. I can't sit down and, and crush the, you know, multiple light skies, um, like I could a Coors Light or something like that, but they're, they are pretty good and only like 95 calories or something. What's so. your drink of choice, Allie? Probably a seltzer, but I do have a roommate that loves tequila. So margaritas are common Mimosas. in my apartment. Mimosas. <laughs> well, we knew that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'm a seltzer girl. So, you know, I, I've grown to like scotch too, Nate. I know you've been a yeah. scotch guy at times, but scotch and bourbon sure yeah when i when i do bourbon basil hayden's my brand yeah, basil hayden john tallman a former colleague colleague of ours uh, at the national level i mean he's a big scotch guy like he enjoys a good scotch but yeah i've, I've come to appreciate a scotch mm-hmm. over the over the last six months i'd say sure but all right well that, hey ali thank you very much <laughs> as we wrap up the mailbag here um we'll hopefully talk next week all right great all right we're, we're going to close the show with some recruiting with nate klaus you're listening here to the husker line show